Welcome to episode two of the Full 40 Minutes, a Villanova basketball podcast coming to you straight from Midtown Manhattan after Villanova's heartbreaking loss to Providence on Wednesday night. So you've got Chris and Rob here with you tonight. We love Villanova basketball, and we figured we were going to talk about Villanova basketball for a few hours, basically every day. So we said, why not just record this, and maybe somebody will listen to it. So for the next 40 minutes or so, we're here to give you a fan's perspective on Villanova basketball, college basketball, and anything that might be related to it. So, Chris, why don't you give the fans a little bit of an intro for us? So, yeah, so Rob said episode two. We are excited to be back with you. We're going to run this twice a week for the rest of the season, maybe even more, depending, good, good on, God. depending on how it all goes. Although tonight wasn't the kind of night that makes you hopeful, uh, but... Just to introduce you to us again, my name is Chris Bellotti, graduated class of 2009, Final Four class, uh, and I'm from Long Island originally, went to Villanova, stayed in the Philadelphia area for a few years, moved back up to New York. As Rob introduced himself already, he's Rob, little background on him, he's from Appalachia, there is not much more else to say about that. It basically boils down to I'm from Appalachia and we're just going to yeah, roll with that. He calls it Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh is really the capital capital of northern Appalachia. It's true. It's true. But we're here live. We had a great show planned for you today, but that loss basically made us crumple up the, play, the paper and say, we're going this from scratch. We don't have a great plan, but we're going to talk a little bit about the game recap. We told you, you heard it here first, about Chiron Cartwright. We're also going to talk a little bit about exciting news for future Villanova years, the commitment of Javon Quinterly. And we're also going to cover a new segment uh, that we like to call, How's That Working Out For You? Yeah, very exciting, very exciting evening for us planned. So, you know, before we get into the topics, we actually did have some outreach from some of our fans. And so we've got a, a little little mailbag that we're, we're going to draw on first to give you a little bit more background into, into who we are. So a couple of our listeners got together and they actually raised some questions about, you know, why should we be listening to you? Mailbag after the first podcast? I know. I was shocked. I was shocked. But hey, people love it. So we're going to embrace the love. And we're going to answer their questions. So, so Chris, why don't why don't we go through some of the questions here? So, first question was: um, Have you guys ever played organized basketball before? Uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yes, the answer to that question is yes. For the last seven years, I've played in my corporate CPA accounting league. The competition's high. I got to be honest with you. Last year, I was on the court with someone who played with JP McCollum from Lehigh on the team that beat Duke in the NCAA tournament. I played against a player that played against Lehigh. That's pretty so, good. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm playing high-level basketball yeah. in my corporate Big Four accounting league. Yeah, and so, so to back that up, I think to really validate 
the experience we have. I once played in sixth grade on an organized basketball team. I made it onto the court a few times. I think I had a few turnovers, so I appeared in the stat sheet. And that was pretty much it, I would say. But anyway, so I think that's that's pretty good experience that we have. So the next question was, have you ever coached or even been an assistant in organized basketball? It's so demeaning. Jeez. Again, again, the answer to that question is yes. The last year in my corporate league, I was the player manager. <laughs> I organized the team, got it set, called some defensive sets, and we played basketball. That, that, that's exciting. And, and, and the answer for me is, is no. <laughs> and and let, me, let me just add something to this. My corporate team has lost every year, missed the playoffs every year. Last year when I was the player coach, we went 4-4 four and four in league and made the playoffs. Promptly to be eliminated in the first round, but we made the playoffs for the first time. It was very exciting. We, four, two of our wins were on forfeits, but I think that's good credential right there. I think it's pretty good credential. And, um, you know, we've got, we've got a couple other questions around kind of our view of, of Villanova's offense. But, um, frankly, there, there wasn't a whole lot of offense to describe tonight. So I don't think we really need to spend much yeah, time on I, that. I, what was the question exactly? It was, can you describe our offense? Crappy. Horrible. There you go. Yeah. We ran a bunch of ISO sets and it was bad. Yeah, that was a that was a softball. So yeah. so listeners, done. Done. Throw some tough Check. ones. All right, all right. Um, and the last question was, can you even explain Virginia's pack line defense? That's a trickier one. That is a tricky question. I would actually call it a trick question mm. because no one should be able to explain their defense because the correct answer is you fall asleep when watching Virginia play defense. That's true. It's very true. So, as far as I'm concerned, we're four for four on these questions. Is there anything else in the mailbag? No, I think that's it. I think we I think we fully addressed any questions people may have around our credentials, and we've said we are fully credentialed and we are ready to do this podcast. Here's what I can tell listeners. We've been fans of Villanova for nearly 15 years. We watch a ton of college basketball, and we are avid readers of anything that we can get our hands on. We track Ken Palm. We track everything that we can look at, and we dig into this stuff. We are bringing – this podcast is about bringing the Villanova fans' perspective on Villanova basketball. So I'm not looking here to make this a big statistically driven podcast or anything like that. We know some of the stuff, but we're looking to have fun here and make people's commute into work or while they're sitting around you know, between classes or anything like that that much more fun. Amen. All right. So why don't we jump into it? Topic number one. Well, topic number one was originally supposed to be the discussion about the game. But I think the game, I think it leads off really well, is just an honest question. How do we cope with a loss? Yeah. I I mean, for me, it's not even coping with a loss. It's actually dealing with the intermediate two hours leading up to a loss, which... Tonight, for me, ranged from I'm having a heart attack and there's going to be a hole in a wall to, no, we've got a shot and I feel really hopeful and good about this team. So a lot of that vacillation tonight luckily did not end up with a hole in the wall, but I am here 
drinking some whiskey and having a good time. So I don't know what that says about my coping. Yeah, the first thing that happened is we broke out the double barrel Balvenie as soon as as soon as Rob got here. I have to say, there was definitely debate about whether we should even do this podcast. No, we had to press on. This we is for the good on. of the Nova Nation. As we said in the first podcast, we are doing God's work. We are doing God's work, and this is what it requires. That's what we sucked it up. So, 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 this is an interesting question, though. I think that everyone has different coping mechanisms. Some people seem like they the game just kind of happens. It's an excuse to all get together and drink. So, whether you are whether we win or lose, it's just a fun time. I'll be honest, I'm not one of those people. Yeah, I, I think we're both in the same boat here. And and so the question is, how do you handle losing after? Is it drinking? Is it is it oh screw this? I have better things to do with my life anyway. Is it reading a bunch of blogs about why we lost the game? I, my, my emotions range from anger, anger, anger throughout the game when we're going to lose to immediately thereafter, the anger goes away and it turns to best. It's like the five stages of, of coping with, with, with losses. It's anger, then it's embarrassment, then it's an element of denial, and, and then it's excuses. Also, when we're losing, the refs do not make any accurate calls. That's a proven fact. That's very true. But yeah, so let's maybe let's let's get into let's talk about the refs. Let's talk about how we were coping. Let's look at let's look at the game. So what what's the takeaway? What's the takeaway from the game? What was the cause of Villanova's third loss of the year now? Here's the thing that I get frustrated about. When I'm listening to Gus and Raf do it, which thank God it was them, because they're great. No one else on Fox is good. <laughs> That's very true. The one of the things Gus Johnson said is that they're in survive. That Jay keeps ta- talking about how they're in survive in advance mode. What are we doing talking about survive in advance mode? It's February fourteenth. Survive in advance is not for a month, and thank goodness it's not for a month because we got issues to fix. Yep. But what are we talking about with survive in advance? This is actually our first game healthy, not fully healthy because obviously healthy, yeah. Booth Booth is out. But this is the first game where we've only had one player down in two months. We only had lost two games previously. Yeah. And I know last week was St. John's and that was rough. But what are we talking about with with this with this survive in advance thing? It's really that really kind of gets at me because I'm like, I want to see us go on the road with some moxie, with some pep in our step. I think the freshmen actually had that tonight. I think if there's a silver lining to look at. Gillespie, I know he had some turnovers. He's a freshman. That's to be expected. Samuels, I thought, had some good energy coming off the bench. I thought Spellman showed flashes of tough defense, but sometimes decent defense. Playing tough with his mask on. Obviously, it was bothering his the foul mask, shots. yes. Yeah, it was bothering his foul shots a little bit, clearly. But... I don't like the survive in advance. Well, we shouldn't be surviving in February. Yeah. We're number three in the country. We've been num- we had been number one for several weeks in a row. This is a really good team. Why are we trying to play differently now with yeah. Bill Booth out? Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me, and I, I think you hit on a couple points that I like. One, love the freshman energy. The freshmen, to me, are 
coming around. If I look at the past few games, I've got Samuels giving solid D, and the dude was solid on D. Yeah, he had a couple turnovers here and there, and sure, there's some things that can shore up, but he's a different player. Gillespie, I love it, still making some mistakes, but the energy's there. Dada, you know I'm a big fan. If you listen to the first podcast, I'm pushing for more Dada minutes. Absolutely. The guy is ready to contribute. He's got that Villanova attitude, and he wants to play a full 40 minutes of Villanova basketball. What I didn't see tonight was the senior, or really the junior leadership, Brunson and Bridges, turnovers. So they had the highest amount of points, but I know Bridges had 19 points, and you could point to that, but are we going to sit here and say that Bridges had a great game? He had a really strong about five to six minutes in the second half. Before that, he looked kind of lost, and that's not... I love McCall Bridges. Inspector Gadget, his arms are everywhere, real great defender. He's made some amazing plays over his course of his Villanova career. Yeah. Love the guy. But he looked a little bit lost tonight. And this is the thing that Jay kind of struggles with. Jay struggles with he relies so heavily on his oldest players mm. that sometimes when they're not on – He's got to pull it back. Yeah, I kept sitting there saying, okay, Bridges is cold. Bridges is off tonight. Brunson's off tonight. Let's get somebody else in there. Brunson, look, Brunson's game tonight was an anomaly. I've never seen Jalen Brunson like that. I don't think I'll ever see Jalen Brunson like that again. Most, I mean, Jalen Brunson's terrific. Most games, Jalen Brunson is, hi, I'm Jalen Brunson, and I have direct TV. Tonight's Jalen Brunson was, hi, I'm Jalen Brunson, and I have cable. (laughs) It's true. It's true. He was, yeah, he was on a different plane tonight and and not in a good way, I would say. Yeah, he. I mean, every time it seemed like we were trying to make a little bit of run. Sometimes we got defensive stops. We got stops tonight. We yeah. got some stops tonight, and yet we turned the ball right over. What was a 17-plus turnovers tonight? Yeah, I think that was the key, was that we would, get, we would actually get stops, unlike our last game. So maybe Jay's been preaching the defense in practice. We got the stops. But you're absolutely right. We get a stop and promptly turn it over. We had a, a few possessions in a row where that happened, where we'd get it down to five, down to seven points, and just couldn't flip the switch to take it to a single possession game. And at the end of the day, that came yeah. back and bit Some, us. Yeah, we hit panic mode at around six minutes left in the first half. Yeah. I mean, sorry, in the second half. And, and that was clear. We hit the panic mode, hit the panic button, and then, and then we started coughing the ball up like wild. Yeah. Right? But the but I would have actually liked to see a little bit more. Of, I, with the panic mode comes a little bit of energy. Mm. I actually like some of the energy. Mm. I wish we had some more of that energy in the first half. Some of the stoic, like everything's going to be fine. We're just going to keep playing our game. is fine, but we weren't playing our game. And that was what was getting under my skin. We're playing this iso ball offense. We weren't moving the ball. People wonder, why are we all of a sudden missing our threes? A, it's probably a good thing to get less reliant on three ball for the tournament. But why are we so reliant? But why are we hitting our threes? The, the answer to that question is we're not catching the ball and shooting. We're not catching open shooters. We're not moving the basketball and making the defense lose themselves. Right? And then when you don't do that, you get into a position where – you're not catching. You're not catching open looks. Yeah. And we're, we're shots off the bounce. It's like Malik Wayne's redux. Oh, oh God! Don't bring me back to those days. Yeah. Dre- 
Yikes. Yeah. Three-pointers off the bounce is just not a good way to shoot a high percentage. It is not. It is not. And let's, I mean, look, a lot of things Villanova could have done better tonight, so we'll get to that in just a minute as we prep for the Xavier game. I do want to take a minute and acknowledge you heard it here first earlier this week. Chiron. Hashtag Chiron. Hashtag Chiron. Chiron Cartwright, Providence's crafty point guard, led the team with 17 points, 5 assists, and 2 rebounds. A shaky but clutch performance at the free throw line down the stretch. We, look, if you listen to the first podcast, we gave you a full download on Chiron Cartwright. We gave you his point average. Some of the things he's done, he had 19-9 and versus Xavier. We told you that here on the podcast. The full 40 minutes prepped you all you needed to know for Chiron. And Chiron came out tonight. Fox Sports called him the best point guard in the Big East. They did. And I got to be honest with you, he delivered, even in foul trouble. (laughs) Somehow tonight, believe it or not, he looked like the best point guard in the Big East, which (laughs) is frightening but yeah. it's some we are somehow having this conversation in a serious manner which is not at all how i planned this segment to go whatsoever no i thought we, we told we heard it here first you heard it here first i want Tyron cartwright best point guard in the big east we were the one who told who told you about fox sports's call earlier in the year against xavier and you saw it here tonight <sighs> I expect thank you letters in the mailbag tomorrow for us telling you how great Chiron Cartwright is. <laughs> I expect them only from Chiron, unfortunately, given our listener base. Um, all right, so that was Chiron Cartwright, which was I'm really I'm I'm proud that we made the call, and I'm also incredibly sad that we have to acknowledge that he actually had a good game tonight. What do we think now? Is Providence in? Providence is in. Unless they unless they totally fall apart down the stretch. There. I mean, we were talking about mystifying loss to Paul. What I learned later is that some of their players were sick um, during that game, so they weren't really full strength. Unless Kyron Carter was sick, it's not an excuse. Yeah, that's a good point. But they, I think with the win over us tonight, I think they punched their ticket. So one of the things that we have to say is to the Butler fans – to the Providence fans who are definitely not listening to the podcast, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Our charity is your game. That's right. We have given you a hand up, not a handout, but a hand up. And you are probably making the tournament now on the strength of beating Villanova. So you're welcome. We did all the work for you. Then we come in, cough the ball up a million times, let you hit a million threes. And now you guys are both making the tournament. So you're welcome. In the end of the, at the end of the day, this is good for the Big East. It's good for the Big East. Uh, let's say this. It's good for if teams make some noise in the tournament, it'll be good for the Big East. But so, we'll see. So end of, end of story is you're welcome. You're welcome. Definitely. You're welcome. All right. So that was Providence. So we've got a huge game coming up in a couple days, obviously against Xavier. What are the two or three things that, that need to change for that game to be a success. Turnovers, for for me, are number one. Just yeah. slow your roll. I don't think that we'll see that level of skittishness on turnovers almost ever again for this team. Jalen Brunson was not himself tonight. But Jalen Brunson has been Jalen Brunson every other time he's ever played for Villanova. And so 
I'm sure that Jalen Brunson will get right. I think today was a fluke. I think he'll be absolutely locked in for the Xavier game on Saturday. Yeah. No, I think that I think that'll uh, I think that'll go a long way for sure. I mean, the other thing we touched on was was the ball movement. Like the ball has to start moving around, like it was in December and in early January. You talked about the pep in the step. I want to see that energy there. Like yeah, these gotta, guys, you got to move without the ball. These guys yeah. are standing around waiting for everyone to create, and that's not how it's going to work. It's good to know that we have a bunch of guys who can take people off the bounce. Like Spellman had a couple nice drives, especially in the first half. Really like to see that. Um, Can we call him the mask? Spellman the Omari Spellman the mask. He doesn't look a thing like Jim Carrey. He does not. But I like the mask look. Yeah, I think he's going to embrace it. I feel like he's going to play out the mask all season now. <sighs> even if he's even if he's healthy, just rock that mask. It's kind of intimidating. The so the mask I think showed some good dribble drive skills, but I want to see. I want to see the ball movement start over again. Mm-hmm. Let's get the guys moving around. Let's create. Let's get the ball a piece of the paint. Let's find an open shooter and let's and let's and let's do it the the Villanova way of doing it. Yeah. Let's get back to that offense. Yeah. I understand teams are going to take it away. Teams would rather play us ISO and make us score twos instead of threes. But that means we got to work that much harder. Yeah. To do to do it. That's tough. Jay preaches toughness. Let's do the tough. Let's do the tough thing. Yeah. The one thing I also want to point out is defensively. We talked a lot about how we were excited about the zone in the second half of the Butler game. Zone didn't look as good tonight. <laughs> the zone, the zone did not look good. Is a nice way to say it. Yeah, um, but but I still like the ability to go to a look, and I like the ability to change defenses. And I think that you saw, especially in the second half, I thought you saw some of the the defense start to start to make some plays even in the first half too i know they were missing some shots but i think that there could be some gains on the defensive end i think that we're trying to work on defense perhaps that's why we got so out of our some of our offensive rhythm but let's just get back to playing offense the villanova way and keep to try and lock down and play that full shot clock and finish the defensive possession with a rebound and if you don't turn it over as much, you're not giving away as many possessions. So. That's, yeah, that's true. I think the zone the zone is interesting, too, with Xavier. Xavier's not a great three-point shooting team. They're like the 84th percent or 84th best team in the country. Not great. They actually don't shoot a lot of threes. They're like 200th or something in the country. So the you zone just don't want to let Blewett get, get, get hot early. That's yeah. the one thing you want to avoid. Yeah, he's their one guy who is, I think, their only guy who's really shooting a significant volume. He's of the threes. only one over forty percent on Xavier. Yeah. Yeah. So you just don't want to get him, let him get free. Yeah, no, it's, um, but yeah, we'll see. So a few adjustments to make on the offensive end. Definitely some adjustments to make on the defensive end. Before we get to halftime, how do you feel about the team? You feel any different than you did three hours ago, or do you feel? What do you, what do you think? Like long term prospects. Yeah, I don't. I think there's. Prior to three hours ago, I didn't think that we needed to do much different. I had attributed losses and bad games to injuries and things like that. At this point, though, after tonight's game, obviously we're still working through injuries. We still have fill out. It was Pascal's first game back. But I think there are actually a few more things to fix to really get this team back to its potential. I don't doubt that we'll get there, but I think it's going to take a little bit more work 
than I had initially thought. Yeah. Yeah, I get that too. Tonight felt like a, a one versus eight slash nine game or a two slash two versus seven slash ten game. And I think you gotta watch out for teams with that level of length and athleticism that's always bothered us in the dance. We're gonna see a team like that. So so I think you learn from this experience. I think you get I think you actually have good film to gain, uh, to learn from this experience and I think that we'll be stronger moving forward. For sure. All right. Um, so with that, let's, um, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. All right, guys. So we're going to take a quick pause um, and get a few words from our lead sponsor, Bombfell. That's B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L. Like bombshell, but for guys. But for guys. Bombfell. And, hey, guys, anybody else out there really hate shopping for clothes but still want to look good? Bombfell is the easier way for guys to look good with little effort. And Chris, I know you've had a lot of experience with Bombfell. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how that's worked? Sure. So Bombfell is great. I've been a member now for several years. Uh, it's, it's really easy. You go online to bombfell.com. Again, B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L.com. You sign up. You log in. You give some information about yourself, like certain measurements, things like that, certain things that you're looking for. And then, and then they, get, they set you up with a stylist. They get a virtual stylist. They'll pick clothes for you as frequently as you want clothes. You tell them what kind of things you're interested for. They'll give you a preview. And this is a differentiator. They'll give you a preview of what you want to buy and, and, or what you might want to look, wear. And you get like, okay, I got this shirt, that shirt, this pair of pants, and, and maybe an accessory. And, and you get to see, do I like this or not? Do I want you to ship this, yes or no? After you confirm the shipment, they ship it to you, and you get a box of clothes to try on, see how you like it, etc. If you like it, you keep it and pay for it. Whatever you don't like, you return for your charge. So that is, it is a really easy way to shop. You don't have to get to the store. That's annoying. People are busy. Get a box, pick out what you like, return what you don't like, and, and you're set and you keep moving. Pretty cool. It's, yeah. a, it's a great service. I highly recommend it. Yeah, no, definitely. And so we actually, we worked with Bombfell to get a special discount for our listeners. So if you guys go on to bombfell.com slash full 40, that's B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L.com slash F-U-L-L four zero. Again, bombfell.com slash full 40. You can get a special discount. So definitely go on there and check it out. Um, should be a really cool deal. Hopefully you'll get hooked up as well as Chris and yeah, you'll keep using the stuff. So again, check it out, bombfell.com. Remember, bombfell, open and clothes. All right, guys, we are coming back. Welcome back to the second half of our podcast. We're actually probably a little bit further than halfway along. So we'll move on to our next topic, some exciting Villanova news tonight, some more positive Villanova news. The commitment of five-star point guard Javon Quinterly from Jersey City, New Jersey. It is a definitely a big get and I would say kind of the, almost the crown jewel in Villanova's recruiting class for this year. So we've got Javon is a five-star 
six foot one point guard, 175 pounds. He is lightning quick off the dribble. He's got mad handles, can break down a defense, and he can create at all three levels. The dude is awesome. I'm excited for him. Chris, how are you feeling about Javon? I mean, before I get into Javon, everyone talks about how Jay Wright gets these like guys. Everyone makes makes this up like that Jay Wright doesn't get great recruits. Jay Wright gets good recruits every year who want to play basketball for Villanova University and develops them well and gets them moving on. So this is this is another rock solid recruiting class. This is a top fifteen recruiting class in the country for the program that's been in the top ten for like the last five years. Jay just has this thing chugging along. Yeah. And and so you get to a point where you almost take it for granted. But this should not be taken for granted. Yeah, absolutely not. Jay Jay brought Jay had two four stars in in Brandon Slater and Cole Swider and just adds a five star Javon Quinterly point guard to to the mix. And one of the things that you gotta realize here is that and Jay said it so much himself, so I'm not inventing speculation here. Jay said after actually I think the Yukon game it was, he was getting interviewed by Andy Katz. And Andy said, like, how great are Brunson and Bridges? And though they weren't at their best tonight against Providence, they looked – they have looked terrific all season. And they've caught the eyes of NBA scouts. Both of them are set to graduate. Bridges is a redshirt junior technically, so he's been on campus for four years. Brunson's been on campus for three, but he's going to graduate in May. So you're talking about two guys who got their degrees from Villanova. Kudos to them. And they're gonna get they're gonna get maybe first round NBA draft looks. Jay's take on that is go make some money, go get go get paid the big bucks, right? That is that's been Jay's motto. Jay gets called like Jay gets negative recruited against about all this crap about like how Jay doesn't want people to leave early. He only wants four year players. That's garbage. Right? If you're a five, like a high level five star lottery pick that people are talking about going to the NBA, no, it doesn't matter what's you can go to Pepperdine. Honestly, you go to Pepperdine, you're getting drafted in the first round, no matter where you go. It doesn't matter if you're going to Kentucky, it doesn't matter if you're going to Duke, people are still going to draft you. Right? But Jay looks for kids who, who want to play at Villanova and do the things that it requires to play Villanova basketball. That's what Jay looks like. This is MO. That's what he says. I take him at face value for that. And this is an example of a kid, and we'll get into a little bit of his backstory. This is an example of a kid who wanted to play for Villanova, got sidetracked with another school for a hot minute, comes back. Jay stays with him. Jay held his commitment to try and, to try and bring him into Villanova. Now he's coming to Villanova, and I guarantee you that he's going to develop into a great player. Because if there's one thing that Jay could develop, it's guards. Yeah, no, and, for sure. And 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 I'm really excited. I'm really excited for Jay. It's a great get. It's a good. It's a good. Um, it's a good get also for like the whole approach, like to further recruiting. It's it sets a tone that like we are in the mix for five star guys with a with a with a 
And what they mean by five stars, a guy who can make an impact right away. No, I mean, let, let's let's pause for a minute. I know we, we talk about that as Jerry's reputation. It's not like we haven't gotten five-star recruits. Jalen Brunson was a five-star recruit. Starry Spellman was a five-star recruit. Started. Yeah, so we've got two five-star recruits in the past th- four years who have come to And Jay Dolan. starts them. And Jay starts them, yeah. So you come in, you play. You're so good, the you negative play. recruiting against, G- against Jay here is, is kind of BS. Like, yeah, are we going to get the top 10 guys who are going to end up in the league the following year anyway? No. But yeah. go to Pepperdine. It doesn't matter. Yeah, for sure. So I think we'd be remiss to to not give you kind of the full background on Javon because it is an interesting part of his story. So Javon originally committed to the University of Arizona back in the summer. And then there was a, a whole FBI investigation, uh, kind of a play to uh, a pay-to-play scenario regarding Adidas and funneling recruits to to different schools and Quinter like to become like an agent. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, a little All complicated there. Yeah, but it, bottom line is Quinterly was implicated in it. Implicated in it hasn't been, you know, isn't necessarily being investigated, but you know his his potential name has been associated with the investigation. So. Once that came out and Arizona was one of the focus schools, one of their assistant coaches was actually the focus of the FBI investigation. Book Richardson. Book Richardson is a bag guy. If you listen to Titus and Tate on One Shining Podcast, they call these guys bag guys. And clearly, not bad, bag. And clearly Book Richardson is a bad guy. Yeah. So anyway, so once this came out, Quinterly immediately decommitted from Arizona, reopened his commitment, like Chris mentioned, Villanova had been recruiting recruiting Quinterly all throughout, continued that recruitment, and and that paid off today. So that's we don't want to speculate on whether he's going to play or not because that's definitely a big question of like whether he'll actually be eligible. We don't know anything more than what's already out there at this point. So we're just going to talk about what the potential is. So given that, I mean, Quinterly's obviously a great talent. Is he starting next year? I think he's starting. I mean, we just rattled off. Jalen started five star. Omari started five star. Jay's not afraid to start the five stars. I think I got issues with sometimes how Jay allocates minutes, seniors to freshmen. But when you got a five-star freshman, Jay shows me that he's not afraid to start those five-star guys. Yeah. So what does the starting five look like then? Because it it looks a little weird in my mind if I think about it. So let's assume Brunson and Bridges are going pro. So that leaves me with, assuming Quinterly starts, I've got Quinterly at the one maybe. I've got Booth at the two. Dante playing wing, and then what? Pascal and, and Spellman? I think four that's five? your start five. I think that's your starting five. I think you have a quick pull of maybe Samuels off the bench. Okay. Um, with six to kind of make that lineup make a little bit more sense. But Jay's not afraid to go deep with the guard lineups. Yeah. If you remember, our 05-06 team that ran to the Elite Eight was top five all year. Lowry, Foy, Ray, Nardi, all around Will Sheridan. Yeah. I mean... Sure. That was that was our starting five. Will Sheridan was not an inch over six eight. Yeah. Right? And then you had four little guards. I mean, and those were not those were not like bigger guards at all. Yeah. I mean, everyone on that was like less than like six six. So they were like real legit college guards. Yeah. So so and that team was excellent. No, that's true. And so, yeah, so the potential is definitely there. And, I mean, I think from a skill set perspective, obviously know, we know what the guys coming back bring to the table. From a skill set perspective for Quinterly, I think you're looking at somebody who 
His skill set is probably akin to like a Corey Fisher if I had to make a comparison. Great off the dribble, can really break people down. He's got a decent jumper and decent finisher around the hoop too. He's not necessarily a Lowry or Brunson in terms of that level of polish. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll prove me wrong and he will be. But you're looking at really solid, definitely a creator, somebody who should have the ball in his hands and should be making everybody else around him a lot better. I'm excited to see him in a Villanova uniform. Yeah, for sure. No, it'll be it'll be pretty cool. So, it, and it's exciting news. We also have to make a note here. Big fan of his. He he says Jelly Fam. What? Yeah. He's what part, is this? He's part of the Jelly Fam. Yeah, yeah. So so also, Javon has a huge social media following. This kid is so hot. Check out his Instagram handle, Jelly JQ. The man posts prolifically. He's got like. 300,000 followers. It's ridiculous. He's probably going to show up on campus with a crowd like in tow. It's going to be nuts. So Jelly Fam, for those of you guys who don't know, basically to be part of the Jelly Fam, you need to, in a game situation, be finishing a layup with essentially a flourish, a finger roll and a flourish multiple times. And it's an invite only club. It's a few people who are in it. They're like, top high school and then college and NBA players. So it's a very elite group, if you will. Javon is part of the Jelly Fam. So I'm actually, frankly, curious if Jay's going to put the gabosh on the Jelly in the game. It's just not his style. I could see Jay being like, nah, nah, nah we're not doing Jay wants here. guys who can finish around the cup. Jay likes his guards to, 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 to take guys off the bounce and finish around the cup. So if he's going to be rocking some Jelly, then I'm all for it. I have a question for you. You, over my friendship with you, have the biggest sweet tooth. If you weren't like a long-distance runner, yeah, you would be like a 1,000 pounds. Easy. Probably have all kinds of medical issues because for you sure. have the biggest sweet tooth I've ever met of anyone in my entire life. Yeah, it's just coming a couple years from now. So what – is Jelly Donuts your new favorite dessert? I think it has to be. I think it's got to be. I mean, we've got uh, we've got the jelly. I, we're just getting like a food theme here. We've got we've got the jelly. We've got uh, the big ragu now. I yeah. think I've got like my meal set, and we've got Phil Booth, so we've got the PB and J. It's pretty good. So I'm excited now. Shout got- out to Catherine Ryan from VU Hoops. She was the first one who came up with PB and J early on today. I don't want to steal that from her, but she is terrific. Really witty. Um, post some great articles on VU Hoops. So all shouts to Catherine Ryan on PB and J. She graduated a year after us. She's terrific. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, so I'm excited for food next year. I know what I'm going to eat for every Villanova game. I'm just going to pick out my favorite players and I'll, like, put them on a plate, basically. Can Jelly Jam? Yeah. Jelly Absolutely. can jam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Jelly and Jam are two different things. A lot, of, a lot of hot debate about this, but I think Jelly can jam. Jelly can jam. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to – we're getting up close to time too. Let's move on to our last segment here for the last couple of minutes. Called How Is That Working Out For You? Yeah, so, uh, so the first subject of this soon-to-be recurring segment is pit basketball and the pit athletic department. So I'm sure most of you guys are, are pretty well aware pit decided to move from the Big East – in 2000, the 2013-2014 season to the ACC. So, so we ask, hey, Pitt, 
How's that working out for you? Yeah, and so I think we'll let the facts really decide for for the audience here. And, you know, you guys should write us in whatever, tell us whether you think it worked out. But I'll, I'll drop you some facts. First on, on their record. So after 2000, Pitt was in the Big East. Things were going pretty well. They were winning 77% of their games. Pretty impressive uh, performance by, by all means. They made the tournament a ton. They made a bunch of Sweet 16s, made the Elite Eight. All like pretty exciting stuff, right? Then they jumped to the ACC. So since they jumped to the ACC, their uh, their winning percentage has increased negative twenty percent. So that's, that's uh, good stuff. Yeah. So that math that plays out to a fifty five percent winning percentage now. Not not too hot. This year, they are just crushing it. They are winning thirty percent of their games. How's that working out for you? That's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's yeah, that's interesting. The, I, I, the one stat I forgot too is that their conference record this year, they're taking BC's approach to the ACC. They're zero and thirteen. Zero and thirteen. That's that's interesting. That's exciting. That is exciting. I, I would mean, I would the, love to be a fan I mean, there. This is your hometown team. You're from the capital of Northern Appalachia. It's true. What? How do you feel about? You know, I've, it's I've talked to some of the locals there, and the locals have told me that the Peterson Event Center, which by any view is a beautiful arena, the Peterson Event Center is just not buzzing these days. And Appalachia is clamoring for more. And so you know who they look to to lead them to the promised land? After Jamie Dixon, who was their previous coach, Kevin left them, Stallings. Kevin Stallings. How's yeah. how's Kevin Stallings working out for them? Well, let's give a little bit of a little bit of fact based around Kevin Stallings. Kevin Stallings was a great hire. He's uh he's really young, up and comer, a lot of energy. He is a what is he like fifty five? He's a he's a young fifty five. He's a young fifty five. Jay's a young fifty five. <laughs> I don't think Kevin Stallings is anywhere Ke- near a young fifty five. Kevin Stallings looks like he's about eighty four. Um, anyway, so Jamie Dixon was... Does Kevin a, Stallings look a little bit like the guy from The Office? Yeah, you know, big yeah, guy. Yeah, Kevin. He looks like Kevin. Absolutely. He, his name is Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely. terrific. Absolutely. It, it plays out really well. So, so they've got Jamie Dixon. Jamie Dixon chooses to leave, not Pitt's fault. Fine. So he'd, he'd won like 70% of his games there. Kevin Stallings, he's like not a bad coach. He won like 60% of his games his last few years at Vanderbilt, though, not exactly thrilling. 21 and 14, fine. 15 and 16, 16 and 17. Like, not, not great records. The dude isn't coming in here on a tear. And so, so since he's coming to Pitt, well, we just went through their record this year. It's, uh, it's not great. Not what they hoped for by any means. So, so that's coaching. And so coaching is a bit of a question mark. So they've got, just to do a quick recap here, winning percentage, way down, coaching, just not as exciting. The people of Appalachia are not excited about Kevin Stallings. He's not won them over, and frankly, I'm not optimistic that, uh, that he will anytime soon. So here's what I know about Pitt going back. Pitt was always tough in the old Big East. They were tough. They had guys, I mean, Sam Young looked like he was like 46. And just putting moves on people. You had LeVance Fields. And then Scotty Reynolds kind of ended their whole program <laughs> with, the, yeah. with, the, with the play before the big play. Before the Jenkins three, 
the best, one of the most exciting plays in Villanova history was Scotty Reynolds' layup to to win the game. And then Butler a couple of years later en route to their second straight mm. uh, national title appearance beat Pitt in the round of the 32. And that pretty much – that, that was it. Since then, Pitt's done nothing. Yeah. So I guess it really begs the question. Pitt, how's that worked out for you? Yeah, that's, uh, that's rough. All right. So I think those are all the topics we had for today. So – why don't we bring it to a close? Thank you guys for listening so much. Couple exciting things I want to tell you about. We have a Twitter at the full forty. That's at T H E F U L L four zero. That's on twitter.com. We also have a new Instagram page. Same handle. Same handle. We're gonna be posting this to SoundCloud. So I hope to keep checking there for updates. And we'll be coming back to you uh, with another podcast. Uh, on Sunday night, Monday morning, depending on when we get the lack total non-editing done. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, guys. It's been a blast. Talk soon. And as always, let's go Nova. Nova.